1: Good morning. It is 730 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Lisa Browitt sitting in this morning for Tom Keene. It's an earnings day. Lots of numbers coming out just crossing the Bloomberg 3M company earnings per share of two dollars and five cents. Net sales of seven point four one billion. And that exceeds the estimate of seven point three two billion. The consensus of analysts surveyed Procter and Gamble fiscal third quarter profit topping estimates. Eighty-six cents a share, excluding some items. Analysts have projected 82 cents. Sales, though, down 6.9%, 15.8 billion. That was the estimate. DuPont Going to merge this year with Dow Chemical. Raised its earnings outlook for the year uh, to by $0.10 this year to $3.05, $3.20. Fiat Chrysler earnings a few moments ago uh, on a European basis. uh, Sales were 26.6 billion euros, not quite as uh, high as the 278 that were forecast. So lots of earnings, uh, and of course, Karen Moscow throughout the morning will have all those for you. But first, we're going to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines.
2: Mike, Lisa, thank you very much. It is primary day in five northeast states. Contests will be held in Connecticut, Delaware, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. A strong day by Democrat Hillary Clinton could bring her almost within a few votes of clinching the nomination. Last night in a town hall on MSNBC, Clinton said she wants rival Bernie Sanders' support if she wins the nomination, just like she supported then-Senator Barack Obama in 2008.
3: We got to the end in June. And I did not put down conditions. I didn't say, you know what, if Senator Obama does X, Y, and Z, maybe I'll support him.
2: Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump had a message for rivals Ted Cruz and John Kasich.
0: Folks, they ought to both drop out of the race, so we ought to unify the Republican Party.
2: Trump campaigned in Wilkes-Barre Township, Pennsylvania, yesterday. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists, more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Lisa.
1: Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Land Rover Parsippany Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. All
0: right, Mike, Nathan Ivaldi was just looking for a win after starting the season 0-2. Ended up flirting with a no-hitter. Lost it in the seventh inning, but the Yankees won 3-1 at Texas. Solo home runs by Jacoby Ellsbury and Starling Castro. Noah Syndergaard tacked on nine more strikeouts, though a no-decision. Mets beat Cincinnati 5-3. Neil Walker's go-ahead, two-run homer, seventh inning came after Syndergaard was gone for Walker. Already eight home runs. Lucas Duda, Michael Conforto also homered. Mets have hit 26 homers the last 10 games. They won nine of the last 11. There'll be a new Stanley Cup champion. Chicago lost Game Seven at St. Louis, three to two. Nashville. Anaheim 3-1. They've got Game 7 tomorrow. And the Islanders have Game 1 of Round 2 tomorrow at Tampa Bay. Gate not over. Never is. Indications now Tom Brady will appeal his loss, perhaps to the U.S. Supreme Court, after the NFL won its appeal, putting Brady's four-game suspension for the Patriots' use of inflated footballs 15 months ago back on. The draft's Thursday. Eagles set to take quarterback. So starting QB Sam Bradford reportedly wants a trade out of Philly. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Allen.
1: Thank you, John. Well, we're looking at a market that has uh, no real enthusiasm, but at least is leaning towards a higher open. S&P futures up by three points, a tenth of a percent. Dow futures 32 higher. That is a two-tenths rise on the day. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Welcome back to Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee. Lisa Abramowitz is sitting in for Tom Keene today. We are on FedWatch. The meeting should get underway in about an hour and a half or so. It's a two-day meeting decision, 2 p.m. tomorrow afternoon, and we will be uh, presenting that to you here on Bloomberg Radio. At 2 p.m., uh, I'll be anchoring our coverage along with Scarlett Fu and Joe Weisenthal. So uh, you'll want to tune in for that Uh, bond market ahead of that, flattening a bit. The two-year note yield is at 85 basis points. The 10-year is at 1.91%. Coming up, uh, we're going to be talking with Michael Pond. He is uh, head of, of course, uh, Global Inflation-Linked. Research at the at Barclays, and we'll get his view on maybe what the Fed should be doing. But first, the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by the New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than 110 million dollars a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's John Tucker.
4: And uh, good morning to you, Mike. Let's see what's banking uh, news in science, technology, engineering, and math this morning. Mobile phones in India must include a panic button. From the start of next year, at satellite-based location technology from 2018 as officials try to make the nation safer for women. The emergency feature would be activated by pressing a designated key on a smartphone, a phone, or holding down the numbers 5 or 9 on a basic device this according to a statement from the telecom ministry in new delhi all manufacturers this includes companies such as apple and samsung electronics would need to comply well, when he started power technologies in 2006 rain polkine envisioned a cordless future where millions of consumers would watch television charge their phones and power up their kids toys without plugging into a wall socket a decade on Polkine's vision remains a long way off, while Paramat's charging technology is increasingly being used in phones, cars, and Starbucks cafes. Widespread adoption remains elusive, but now competition is intensifying with rival technologies. And that is this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. And, Lisa, you're sitting next to our guest, Michael Pond.
3: Yes, Michael Pond is with us, Barclays Head of Global Inflation-Linked Research, on this day when arguably inflation discussions are as important as ever. This is sort of the big debate underpinning a lot of bond talk recently, which is, is the bond market too complacent about inflation never rearing its head? And I want to start with oil. You know, people have been looking to oil as a proxy for inflation expectations Over the past few years, do you think that the link between oil and bonds
5: will break down or has to break down? Well, Lisa, Mike, John, thanks for having me on again. You know, there has been a decent correlation between oil and headline inflation. Headline inflation recently was was bouncing along zero for for quite a while because of the oil component. Oil often drives most of the volatility in, in headline inflation. And that could pass through into into core. And again, consumers tend to focus on uh, inflation that experience that they experience most often, and that's things like uh, gasoline prices, food prices, rather than broader price pressures in the economy. So that can influence uh, volatility in energy prices, can influence consumer inflation expectations. Those have been trending down, and the Fed has now started to become a bit more concerned that they are starting to lose credibility in their ability to uh, get inflation back up to their 2% PCE target.
3: So, you know, it's interesting because I was talking with Priya Vincra from TD Securities yesterday, and she said that there is a risk that the Fed will overshoot and will wait too long uh, to raise rates and therefore will allow inflation to uh, jump up more than they expect. Do you think this is a risk?
5: It is a risk, but we think that would be a good problem to have. One of the things that Chair Yellen has uh, noted recently is that monetary policy at the near-zero lower bound should be asymmetric, that they should be looking to overshoot rather than undershoot, because when inflation is too high, the economy is a bit too hot, they know what to do. They have one lever to pull. Uh, that's the, the short-term interest rate, and they can keep pulling it until the economy slows down when – the economy is too soft and inflation is too low. All of a sudden, they're in this experimental world with potentially negative rates or quantitative easing. It's, monetary policy is difficult they're, when, when uh, growth is too low and inflation is too low and inflation expectations start to creep lower. They'd rather deal with the problem of too high inflation right now rather than persistently well, too low.
1: Inflation expectations have been creeping higher You know, you're the guy that has to follow inflation. I got just about a minute left. Is it starting to come back?
5: Well, it's starting to come back. We've bounced off the very lows of February, but uh, most forward inflation expectations are still lower than where they were. At year end, and even at current levels, they're quite low. So the five-year, five-year forward implied uh, break-even from the market-based measures from TIPS is around 160. So, again, that's well below the Fed's target. So the market is saying that the Fed won't achieve its inflation target even over the medium term.
1: Michael Pond is with us uh, from Barclays. He's the uh, head of global inflation-linked bonds. We uh, do note that um, the the break-evens, Lisa, have been uh, creeping a little bit higher. But uh, interestingly, as Michael pointed out to us earlier, uh, the consumer surveys of inflation, uh, the Michigan surveys, suggest that people – see less inflation out there.
3: Yeah, it's, it's been a, a strange thing. And in, you know the, the U.S. Uh, five-year break-evens have actually reached the highest level uh, in nine months, signaling that people are sort of more uh, encouraged about the idea of inflation going forward. So we shall see which <laughs> gauge is correct.
1: We shall see. Well, right now, certainly the uh, bond market is uh, not betting on a lot of inflation. Two-year note yield, 86 basis points. This is Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio. We are counting down to the opening bell. Uh, less than two hours to go, and we'll fill that time by talking about the Fed, with uh, uh, the Fed and its primary day. I almost forgot.